Hello, this is John Harrigan with the Secret to Immortality podcast. And this is part two on our talk about mindfulness for immortality. To review a bit, the Secret to Immortality is a three-step process that includes one, mindfulness for immortality, two, qigong for lasting life, and three, immortality coaching. In this talk, part two, you'll further discover how mindfulness can give you peace, strength, and eternal physical life. Not so much mindfulness in the popular way that it's taught, but mindfulness for immortality. And with the secret to immortality that we teach at immortalnow.com that I'm teaching now in this podcast, we begin with mindfulness for immortality. It's very much the same as the, the common term and understanding of mindfulness, but we take it one step farther of becoming aware of our eternal nature, our immortal core. I'm going to read a bit from our companion article that goes with this podcast episode and others on mindfulness for immortality. You can go to the blog section of our website, immortalnow.com, to read along with me a bit. And if you go down to the essential articles on the right column of the page, you'll find mindfulness for immortality as the fifth essential article to read. So that article is on the blog section of our website, immortalnow.com. Reading from that article, the question posed is, what can mindfulness be? Mindfulness for immortality brings awareness of our immortal core. With the secret to immortality that we're teaching you here right now, we add something powerful and profound to the popular idea of mindfulness. Being conscious of our immortal physicality and the effect this has on our lives. Mindfulness for immortality facilitates progressing awareness of our calm and steady core. This practice helps us embody compassion, content, and eternal life. What we mean and what we're talking about is mindfulness is good and well. It's a popular term. There are organizations, associations, um, classes, certifications you can take in it. But our mindfulness takes us a step farther. We suggest that when anyone's doing mindfulness, yes, they may get to a calm here and now place. They may feel their soul. They may literally get to nirvana or heaven with such a deep and beautiful peace. But if you're still subconsciously or even consciously planning to die, expecting death to be a natural end to life, we suggest you're creating death by doing that and that we've never needed death in this creation, that in fact where we are really is kind of the biblical garden of Eden. And we're not religious at all, the secret to immortality, but just suggesting other people historically throughout different parts of the world, different parts of history, have found that they are eternal in nature and have realized that we're really living in a Garden of Eden right now, and we've messed it up by our self-centered, um, harmful, and killing behaviors. So when we do mindfulness for immortality with the secret to immortality... <laughs> 
When we do mindfulness, a lot of words together, when we do mindfulness for immortality with the secret to immortality, we're starting out with a foundation of or with an agreement with ourselves that we want to experience our eternal core. We want a, a foundation of immortality in the way that we're creating ourselves in the world. And we do this, we begin to do this with mindfulness, but it's mindfulness for immortality, where we're getting into our eternal nature in mindfulness. As we get, get to the here and now, more and more to the present moment, we suggest that that moment is eternal, immortal. It's not really different. It's where you already are. It's just letting go of stress, of beliefs that are harming us all, and getting to something better that more appropriately reflects our true nature. Mindfulness for Immortality, Part 1 of the three-step process or three-part process of the secret to immortality. That's one, mindfulness for immortality. Two, qigong for lasting life. And three, immortality coaching. If you want to know more about all of these, and especially qigong for lasting life and immortality coaching, which I'm not going to discuss in this episode, if you want to know more about that, just go to our website, immortalnow.com, and you'll find... um, explanation, and discussion in depth. The problem with mindfulness, as it is, as it is as a popular activity and thought in the world, the problem with mindfulness is that it's, as it is in the world, without going to accessing our immortal core, but instead planning to die while we're doing it, that's incomplete, that idea of mindfulness. It's misleading as commonly understood in the popular media. The popular term mindfulness is simple. It means being conscious of who and where you are in the moment in a calm and natural way. And that can lead us to deep and deep and powerful, to a deep and powerful place. Yet this popular concept of mindfulness can be incomplete and misleading as commonly understood. Even with a disciplined practice of mindfulness, we may end up conjuring up our own creation to an extent. When we go into mindfulness, yes, we get calm and relaxed, but if you're not doing it with the intent of discovering your true and accurate self, that death wish and plan towards death is still happening. Our conscious and unconscious mindset can direct our mindful experience along a death-directed path, as peaceful and aware as we may feel. So with the first step, the secret to immortality, mindfulness for mindfulness for immortality, we're interested in the idea that we may in fact be eternal. We're interested in the possibility that we can stop planning to die that it doesn't add anything to our life, that we can oppose Disney's circle of life where everyone must die and often suffer like hell to get to that death. We're not accepting that death. And I'm not going to talk about um, Christianity, but, you know, what I teach is 
in Christianity, I guess I am talking about it. It's the essential method, message of Jesus. Death, you know, death is gone. But Jesus uh, says there are certain ways you have to live to turn the Garden of Eden back around. And the Qigong that I teach for immortality, it's an ancient part of Taoism. It's how um, thousands of years ago, warriors defended and fought, and it's how they healed themselves in between their fighting. The Taoists are doing Qigong for immortality. Thus, all the names around it for immortality, but I don't think just anyone can teach Qigong or anything for immortality. You kind of have to have been upon that your path yourself with strong, um, balanced, and effective mentors. So you have this immortality um, pursuit or immortality principles in Taoism historically. You have it as a primary method of Jesus Christ. You have it in Kabbalah of Judaism. It's everywhere historically, and I suspect it's in yoga if you look, as I have, and I'm not going to talk about that. Instead of getting into religion, we're teaching the secret to immortality here for everyone as a common sense look at how we're creating ourselves in the world and suggesting that we are unconsciously sold this death thing, that we have no control over what the universe is doing, we have no control over what our bodies are doing. Da-da-da-da-da-da. So we're all feeding into this horrendous outcome of suffering, death, calamity, of unpredictable nature. We suggest that the creation and we are designed for peace, compassion, love, growing evol- and evolving with peace, compassion, in love, letting that affect every cell of our body, and in fact, living from that perfect life, that perfect love, not living towards death and hardship and pain. But we can't be killing each other, killing other creatures. We can't be harming each other in our own homes and expect anything good to come out of that eventually or immediately. We suggest with The Secret to Immortality that everything we do, think, and say is programming, writing computer code, telling the world what to do, telling nature what to do, telling our bodies what to do, that we, in fact, have an incredible creative role in life. And really, for the past few hundred years, the thinking of humanity has progressed more and more to understanding all the things we can do to improve ourselves, improve improve life, and improve the world. And as I share this story, that it does look like the world may be falling apart a bit, and surely it is, but I would suggest it's simply a reorganization to something even better. And when we do any reorganization or um, radical treatment and recovery, There's going to be some pain and and chaos and difficulty to it. So I'm just suggesting that as I'm speaking about this and there are wars in the world and tough things going on at home, we're still constantly evolving. But evolution doesn't need to to come through hardship, pain, and difficulty because that really kind of contributes as many problems (laughs) as 
as evolution might solve, we suggest with the secret to immortality that we're born for something better. We're born to evolve, grow, and live at ease with love, compassion, and happiness. So how do we create death? Very simply, by harming anything or anyone and by not being nurturing and kind. Every human being can express care, can be kind, can be helpful, can contribute to the world instead of tearing it apart and fighting everything and everyone. So we're designed to be loving. It feels good to be in love with life. It feels good to feel love towards people on the street, our families and friends. It feels good to feel good in this eternal, blissful way, but it takes a little work. We have to stop being not nurturing. We have to stop being unkind and thoughtless towards ourselves as well as anyone else. And it it sounds like, is this a moral psychology? And it's like, oh, absolutely, totally, 100%. Morality is everything. When we're doing the right thing, the right thing comes back to us. When we're loving and kind, we're receiving love and kindness. When we're in nature, as we all are, whether we know it or not, when we're in nature, respecting nature, nature takes care of us. When we smile, the world smiles with us. When we frown, the world frowns back. So what do you want out of life? What do you want to do? We're here really on megawatt personal growth saying we want everything life can provide. We want to take our personal growth to the maximum. And we're saying, great, you're in the right place. And the way that you do that is understanding that nothing's really intended to be horrible, painful, calamitous, harsh, and, and wrong. Death isn't part of the equation. It's simply the, the math that we wrote into the world, and we can undo it by simply acting the opposite way. Instead of harming ourselves, other people, nature, and the world, we can be nurturing, kind, loving, and careful. And that is very simple to do. As simple as these death-creating actions, the actions of harm, killing, as simple as these death-creating actions may be to understand, the outcomes are catastrophic. You may think, oh, my behavior, you know, it's, I'm not doing a whole lot, and yeah, I wasn't so nice the other day, and, and maybe I haven't been nice for a decade. As simple as these death-creating actions may seem within our own lives, They create catastrophic outcomes quickly or eventually for everyone. They create these negative outcomes within ourselves, within the world and nature. We are creators, all of us. And it's becoming aware of this with um, mindfulness for immortality that we make progress. A lack of awareness in how we behave allows the way of death to grow spinning off infinite manifestations of pain, confusion, and hate. As we harm and kill for any reason or excuse, we use our soul to destroy itself and everything else. Calamity, chaos, and hardship ensue. Life gets out of control. Gosh, that sounds tough. Well, 
The world is tough if you look around, <laughs> read the news, and really understand um, what everyone's struggling with, who you encounter day to day. But instead of this, instead of hardship, pain, and difficulty, we suggest that you be greedy for bliss. You can practice mindfulness diligently, but if you hold to the belief that death is the natural outcome of life, this belief will impel you and drive you to its destination. So instead of just accepting the hardships and often the horror of this world, why not be greedy for something better? I think anyone that pursues more of anything, they're really wanting this deep and satisfying bliss, this infinite love, but people don't know really how to find it, how to go about it. So materialism and the pursuit of uh, material wealth has become kind of a, a very misguided direction of the modern world for, for many decades now. Instead of that materialistic greed, be greedy for bliss and the best of life, have a willingness to work for this, mindful of your thoughts and words, aware of how your behavior contributes to life. What are your words to yourself? What are your words to other people? It's as simple as this. Do they come from a kind and nurturing place? Are they going to be harsh and difficult? Do you need to really say harsh and difficult things? Usually we don't need to do that in most of our life situations. As wonderful as life can be, good times are rarely lasting. Hardship awaits for us all if we're acting with hardship or agreeing with it or going along with it towards death. We can reverse this by simply changing our behavior, which isn't that simple <laughs> or easy to do. So, a different type of mindfulness is mindfulness for immortality. It's a different type of mindfulness. Mindfulness at its best includes awareness of how we're creating physical reality. Mindfulness at its best includes awareness of how we're creating physical reality. We can be mindful here and now in deep peace and take joy in how we author the worst of life as well as, as the best. When we understand that simply we are authoring life and that the bad times are our creation and the good times are creation, this can be a joyous awakening. It's an understanding that we really don't have to suffer as much as we think we may have to, or we really don't have to continue to suffer as much as we may have suffered. This awareness that we're creators can bring a smile to our face and even laughter at this simple truth as we realize how we've suffered, knowing we never need to suffer. Again, mindfulness for immortality adds something more than the simple mindfulness uh, in the media today. Mindfulness for immortality adds an awareness of our deep and eternal core of physicality, seeing how we create the natural world and ourselves, how we choose to live or die, suffer or have peace. A mindfulness that unveils our eternal identity is what we suggest with the secret to immortality. So I'm going to repeat what I just read. 
mindfulness for immortality, because it's essential, adds something more, an awareness of our deep and eternal core of physicality, seeing how we create the natural world in ourselves, how we choose to live or die, suffer or live in bliss. A mindfulness, the mindfulness for immortality is a mindfulness that unveils our eternal identity. And this is what we suggest. With mindfulness for immortality, we take responsibility for the nature of the world as well as ourselves. We look at the way the world is and we kind of own that we've had a part in creating the harsh and difficult aspects of life in our own lives and in in our nation and the world that we've kind of had a part in that. We develop awareness instead of how we're creating at a fundamental level. We create awareness and we do something with that. As we gather this awareness, heaven and earth comes forth a bit, a bit more than all at once with mindfulness for immortality. We find this secret to happiness and bliss at micro and macro scales within ourselves and everywhere else. We do this, and I'll end up here, we'll do this by becoming aware of what we're thinking, of what we're saying, and what we're physically doing. Our thoughts, our words, and words are really physical. (laughs) Our thoughts are really physical. They're biochemical reactions going in our brain that we're directing through our brain. Our thoughts, our speech, our actions determine whether we have heaven on earth or a hell beyond reason on earth. What will it be? What do you want? The secret to immortality really, as we teach it, it it's, it's not an argument. It's, it's not here to convince you of anything. It's simply this. If you're convinced this is the path of life that you want to take, we're here for you to help you with that. I became consciously aware that this was my calling, what I'm teaching you at Immortal Now. I became consciously aware of this calling when I met a mentor at the age of, I think, 16, who was working on her own immortality process. She was a wise woman elder near my hometown off off a little bit away from the city and she was working on her own immortality process this wise woman elder shared it with me she didn't present any of it any argument for it whatsoever i just knew immediately that what she was doing in my own way is why i was born to earth this time and it was my mission in life So it helps to have a mentor, and I'm here to mentor you with the secret to immortality. In the way that I've been mentored by a Qigong grandmaster from China, and you can read about that on my website if you search around. You can listen to it in web episodes, in not web episodes, maybe kind of. You can listen to it in episodes of our podcast. Just search around and you'll find everything you need really in the podcast, perhaps, on our website at immortalnow.com. 
We have an introductory course that I suggest that takes you strongly and deeply into Qigong for lasting life. And the third component, when you've been at this a while, and, and this is the way of life you want, and you want to go even more deeply into it, we offer immortality coaching with someone farther upon the path to be a mentor, as I've been mentored by people in my life. As we gather awareness for immortality, heaven on earth comes forth, a bit, a bit more than all at once. As our awareness grows, we find our eternal blissful soul, how that soul is connected to every other soul, to all of creation in the world, and it's really nirvana, our heaven in the here and now. And we start to restructure the planet with our consciousness, with our behavior, with our thoughts, as we join together. With mindfulness for immortality, we find the secret to happiness and bliss at micro-personal levels and macro-worldwide levels and beyond within ourselves and everywhere else. This is the end of part one. We've had this episode of the Secret to Immortality podcast and the episode before this were two episodes based on the article, Mindfulness for Immortality, on our website. So this is one and two, and we'll go on to the third installment of this talk on Mindfulness for Immortality on the podcast episode after this. That is all for now. Bless you and keep you. You are immortal now.